we get another chance to have time as a family this morning, worshiping together and hearing from one another. And specifically, we're sharing again um, the focus of our discipleship ministries this winter. And so you get to hear from some other Grace family members, ones that are speaking and um, ones who uh, some have prepared a video. And, and then there's others who will be leading groups who still aren't speaking this morning, but you just need to look through your announcements. But I just want to pray a blessing over them. Uh, if you would join with me. Father, thank you for the good work you're doing in our family here at Grace. Would you bless each of our dear friends who are going to share from their heart this morning. Give them boldness and courage and joy and a deep sense of your delight in them. And would you help us to hear your voice through them? And would you nudge our hearts and draw us into community with one another and give us the courage to join um, one of these groups and join one of the studies? In your holy son's name, amen. All right, so here's a little bit of the big picture. Um, we're trying to increase. We're getting a good sense from you as a group. There's a hunger to learn the Word and spend more time in the Word. And so one of the ways we're doing it is to, to add a component that we haven't had as much of, which is some additional things, particularly in the morning before church or on Wednesdays. Okay, so we're just giving you a taste of that so you can see. And that's what each one of these um, people will come up and share just a taste of it. But it also is a picture when I read. We do... I. If I could go back and ask Paul something, I, I would have said, could you write a little more about what you actually did in the church services and how the church, you just, but he didn't. But there were a little glimpses we get uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, 14, I think he talks about when you come together and the picture of someone bringing a psalm or someone bringing a word or the, the thought of coming to the gathering with something to share. So we're tapping into that as well. We're going to have multiple people share a little bit of what God has taught them. And we don't, as Lucas mentioned, it's not as if we are arrogant about our music being the best and everyone else needs to sing it. We like it, so we sing it. But it's also other people or people within our body who have brought forth a truth or a psalm today and turned it into a song. It's, it's offering. It's coming to church with the concept of what can I contribute and so that's what we're fostering as well in the round-the-table discussions. So the first one's up is a video. And then, Keith, if you want to come up, where's Keith? Keith, um, if you want to come up and get set up, because Keith's second. But Jim Scranton and Shelly have prepared communion for years. So they're usually here early on communion. But if you notice Jim, you'll notice him praying. We say prayer is important. We have a prayer team. We have lots of opportunities for you to pray, prayer and fasting team. Jim Scranton is usually here, and he's not here today, praying up and down the hallways. So this is his summation of just uh, a catchy way to keep us um, remembering prayer. So Chase, if you want to put that one on. Hello, Grace family. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. One evening in November, I had a dream where I was outside a house in a large yard 
that served as a battleground. I was under attack by different people who were actually demons in disguise. The nature of the attacks was specific in that each attack required defense from a particular piece of armor. Sometimes it required faith, the truth of God's word, the declaration of my salvation and my righteousness as a result of the forgiveness of my sins by Jesus. At first I was battling by myself, but then I was led to gather fellow believers to train them in the armor of God so that none of us would be alone in the battle. This is what inspired me to lead this study of the armor of God as Paul outlines in his letter to the Ephesians. This study is meant to be interactive and in that each week we will discuss a piece of armor and then take some time to share and pray through the application of each piece in our lives. Are you dealing with depression, fear, anxiety, temptation? Then you need the armor of God. So that was Jim's way of bringing that to our attention. Um, Keith, if you want to come up. Some of you heard Keith speak a couple uh, weeks ago, and I'm just really glad to have him with us. Jesus is better. Amen? Amen. Jesus is better. And this is the truth that is one of the main themes of the letter to the Hebrews. And this was a truth that was planted in my heart some 14 years ago when I became a believer, a new believer. And I was so on fire for the Lord. And I always, I look for ways to share God's truth and to speak about spiritual things with others. And one of the ways that I did that was I wore Christian-themed T-shirts. And I especially liked the ones that were knockoffs of famous like brands and logos and things like that because it always got a second look from folks, right? They take kind of a double look and look at it and be like, wait a minute, that's not Pepsi, that's not Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, that's not Starbucks. And the t-shirt that I'm wearing today was the first one that I ever bought. And instead of saying Starbucks coffee, it says sacrificed for me. And it's an allusion to Hebrews 10.10. Now, I would love to tell you that I picked out this t-shirt because I love that verse or I love the book of Hebrews, but I hadn't even read it in its entirety and I hadn't studied that particular verse. I just love Starbucks coffee. So I boldly went one weekend and I wore, it was a Memorial, uh, no, Labor Day weekend back in 2007. And I wore this t-shirt to a campground. And we were playing volleyball with a mix of friends and strangers. And a group of unfortunately intoxicated young men started taking offense to my t-shirt. They started ridiculing me and saying things like, hey, what are you, one of those religious freaks? Are you some kind of pastor or something? Hey, do our use of expl expletives really bother you? And of course, they filled it all in with expletives. And in that moment, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, really? I'm like, this t-shirt offends you? This is what really bothers you? But what really stuck out to me, what really hit a home run in terms of my faith moving forward was realizing that the world hates Christ. And then if I stand with Christ, if we stand with Christ together, the world hates us. Yet it was years later that I went to read through the book of Hebrews and to study the particular verse, chapter 10, verse 10. And I came to realize that the letter was written to a group of Jewish converts 
to Christianity. They were Jewish Hebrews who were, became followers of Jesus Christ. And they were suffering from persecution because of their faith. And unfortunately, many of them started to become tempted to go back to the comfort and safety of Judaism. So the author of Hebrews, who we don't really know, it's not identified in the letter, encouraged those Hebrews, saying, stick with Christ. Put your faith in Christ. Do not turn back to the old ways of the old covenant, because what Jesus has done has replaced the old with the new. So this stark contrast really hit home with me. And I decided that, you know what? I think we face that as believers today. We live in a culture full of hostility, full of of polar opposites. We're tempted to engage in things like ethnic and political tribalism, even within the church itself. And the message to the Hebrews sits with us today to put Christ first. Christ must come first. And so I just want to encourage you that if you're facing opposition in your life, if you're facing strife, if, if your faith is becoming uh, a roadblock in terms of gaining the things, even the good things in life today, remember, Christ is better. Thank you, Keith. All right, so next up, um, it's Adara's video. So uh, Adara is here, Adara away from the table, so we want to talk to her afterwards. But this is a video that she put together. And go ahead, Chase. My name is Adara Wright, and I'm one of the teachers for the God the Artist series here at Grace. Over the next couple of weeks, we will be focusing on the attributes of God, which involves the study of understanding what God is like and exploring the characteristics that describe him. In this piece, I wanted to focus on God being merciful. Flowers have always been a favorite subject matter of mine, and to me, they represent beauty, hope, rebirth, and the sheer artistry of our Creator. Without God's mercy, there would be no hope for mankind. We would continue in misery, sin, and death, with no light and no hope of the gospel. From the onset of creation and the fall, we have deserved nothing but God's wrath, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is nothing we can do from our own effort or works to commend ourselves or defend ourselves before God. But thankfully, God is amazing in his mercy. He has chosen us to greatness and glory by the hand of his Son. Because of mercy, we don't get what we deserve, which is death and eternal separation from God. Instead, because of God's mercy, we, through faith in Jesus alone and his forgiveness of our sins through his death on the cross, we now have life, hope, and the promise of eternity with Jesus. God looked beyond our flaws and offered the way of hope and salvation. Without human suffering and guilt, God's mercy would not be known to the world. A.W. Tozer writes, Were there no guilt in the world, no pain and no tears, God would yet be infinitely merciful. But his mercy might well remain hidden in his heart, unknown to the created universe. 
No voice would be raised to celebrate the mercy of which none felt the need. It is human misery and sin that call forth the divine mercy. Something I think many of us tend to focus on so much is our flaws. It is important to understand them and recognize them. And as scripture proves, we understand God's mercy because of our sin. But this should not be to the point of condemning ourselves and and not living in God's mercy and forgiveness. As an artist, it is especially for me to focus on my flaws, thereby focusing so much on myself or even on other artists and how good they are and just stressing over how I can improve and be better and be enough. There have been too many times when I have allowed this thought pattern to steal me of joy, shifting my focus away from Jesus instead of focusing on him and growing to the person he created me to be. I love this technique of sketching out each flower, breaking each petal down into individual shapes, inking the entire flower, and then going over the drawing with a colorful watercolor wash. As I create, I feel a connection to my creator where I can worship him and reflect his creativity through the ideas and creativity he has given me. Mercy, it is compassion. It is forgiveness and it is kindness. It is not pity or mocking or condemnation. It is a full embrace of the broken, lifting them up into an abundant life with Jesus. In God's mercy, it is inexhaustible. It will never run out. So just as we have faith that the sun will rise every morning, just as we know the flower will always bloom, so we can trust that God's mercies meet us every single day without fail. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you, Adara. That was awesome. Thank you. That was really great. So, Brian, you are up next. Uh, if you want to come up here, this is Brian Stone. Um, you want to do it down there, Brian? You can do it down there. You can stand on those chairs if you want. Okay, Gary Hammerstein style. So it so it shall be. They gave me a fancy name for what my study is going to be, and I appreciate it, but. Uh... Managing finances for kingdom purposes. Fancy name, but it comes down to one word. Have you ever... Okay, okay, I got it. Okay, all right. Got to be up there. Have you ever been to the theater before, and the theater is really packed, and you remembered there's one word that I shouldn't say in the theater. I shouldn't yell it out loud. I think everybody knows what it is. What is it? Oh yeah, don't say that in a theater. Well, we're in church now. We're in an assembly, we're together, and there's one word that you should not yell here. I'm gonna do it, Gary. I'm going to do it. 
Thank you, Brian. Kelly, are you ready? Have you seen in your bulletin the yellow slip of paper? If you haven't, go ahead and pull that out. That is an outline of the courses that we're each talking about. And as I was putting my um, announcement together, actually in worship too, did you hear the line, to declare thy loving kindness from what? The morning to the night. And just take a look at these courses that are being offered. We have Phil, who you're going to hear from, about the ordinary daily life of Jesus. We had Adara's beautiful watercolor, the beauty around us every day from morning to night. Jim talking about the daily armor that we are to put on. That was my dad. Did you know that? Talking about our money, which we have to deal with each day. Um, spiritual formation, daily practices. And I'm here to tell you about, um, I'm going to call it a book club. Book study sounds a little intense, so let's call it a book club. And this is the book. It's very easy to recognize. It's got a peanut butter and jelly on the front. doesn't get much more ordinary than that. But just taking note of the ordinary nature of these things that form us. A couple weeks ago, Mark talked about we have 24, right? What do we have 24 of? Hours in our day. One of those, maybe a little more if you're not a late comer at Grace, uh, one is Sunday morning. The rest of those are hours in our day that we can use to form, that do transform our lives spiritually. One of the greatest misconceptions is that any part of our life is secular. Think about that. So during this book, uh, we explore how we might find God. He hasn't gone anywhere. How we might find the sacred in the ordinary, and how the ordinary can be sacred. That we might not just know that God is present at all times, but that we get to participate in that reality that he is in. These are a couple of the topics, literally the names of the chapters, waking up, making my bed, brushing my teeth, losing my keys, eating leftovers, fighting with someone, checking email, sitting in traffic, calling a friend, or drinking tea or coffee, whichever side of that you participate in. The Lord has really been speaking to me about this in that uh, a lot of times we compartmentalize our life. We have the church self, we have the work self, we have the wife or mother or friend self, but how could we live more integrated lives and not compartmentalize those different pieces of our life. So this book really does a great job of keeping the ordinary, easy to understand practices, but integrating the sacred into them. And because I have the mic shifting gears, one of those ordinary practices is moving your body. 
So you know I'm going to give an, uh, an update also on ladies' fitness and men's fitness. Um, we have been blessed to have a fitness ministry at Grace, the men, for almost 11 years now. 11 years that this group has been together. Coming up on four years for ladies' fitness, um, and we have a bit of a transition. We are so excited to welcome in, where is she, Lisa White. There she is. And she is going to begin leading our refit section of working out. And as we do that, we are not saying goodbye, but thank you to Kat and Annie C., who have held down that refit um, ministry part and were foundational in really starting this ladies' fitness ministry. So if you have not participated with us before in fitness, um, we would invite you to do that. The men work out right before the ladies on Monday nights. They also meet on a Thursday night. We set it up on purpose that way. I think I might be the only one that takes advantage of it. Brian works out, and then he takes the kids so that I can work out after that. So men, help out your wives. Encourage them to go. Encourage them to spend this hour moving in community, okay? Community is supposed to challenge us. It's supposed to change us. And rather than think about what we can't do right now, let's celebrate what community has been, which we're doing. Celebrate what community can be right now and what it's going to be. Look around. We are here today together. This is community, but it's not just this hour of the week. It can go beyond that. So I have a table set up for both Ladies Fitness and for this book club, and I'd love to talk to you more about it. If you're a lady that's interested in coming to Ladies Fitness, we have an email we send out. I'd love to get your name and information. And Lisa and I will be out there to meet you if you're scared about what in the world we do on Monday nights working out. No one's disqualified unless you disqualify yourself. So take a risk. Join in community. Join in one of these groups, and you will be challenged, and you will be changed. It's how we live our days. That's how we live our life. I would love to see um, not the men, but the ladies at the table after um, service. You're hiding at the piano. Are you going to play piano? <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. All right. Well, you get a taste of some of the things that we're, we're doing, and uh, I hope you get in the picture that we're trying to bring some other flavors into what we do as a body.